You're listening to the Direction for Life podcast. We pray this episode blesses you. We'd love to connect with you. Visit us at rdci.info or on Facebook at Right Direction Church International. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the RDCI. We hope you enjoy this broadcast. This is just part of my introduction. So how many of you who are married have never been to one of our marriage enrichments? Please raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Raise your hand. Wave it. Wave it. I need everybody else to see. How many of you have never been to a marriage, one of our marriage boot camps? Wave at me. How many of you have never been to one of our marriage conferences where we used to go away? Wave at me. Men? How many of you have never been to one of our our man-to-man sessions? Wave at me. Wave. Ladies, how many of you don't get a chance to watch Manifest with Dr. Marshall on Fridays? Wave at me. Y'all see all those hands? That's why I got to preach what I got to preach on Sunday morning. There's a lot of things we deal with in smaller settings on a Friday night at a conference, but everybody don't come to those. And there are things that I need to say and teach, number one, as a man of God, but secondly, as your pastor, that you need to hear. The mess, this message, this series I'm going to talk about today, people ain't talking about it no more in the pulpit, the stuff I'm going to tell you. It ain't stuff you don't know, it's just stuff we stop preaching about. We assume people know, and we assume people are going to do. And because we've been assuming, our teenagers keep getting pregnant. Because we've been assuming, marriages continue to be deteriorating. And there's some things the scripture says, the Bible says, how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall he preach except he be sent. Uh, In a few weeks, I'm going away to a conference that I've been attending now for about nine years of noted pastors. Most of them tend to be more denominational pastors in some of the largest African-American, usually Baptist and Methodist churches in the country. And every now and then they let one of these non-denominational people in like me. It's a couple of us. Uh, but one of the things we, we discovered years ago, we discussed, is that today we are preaching to a, we are back to a, uh, a, a pre-Christ church. Okay? We have been preaching like we're preaching to a post-Christ church. But we're back to a pre-Christ church. See, in the post-Christ church, we said stuff like, you know you're not supposed to be because we're assuming everybody was raised in church. We're assuming everybody knows. And there's a lot of stuff that people my age know that a lot of you young people don't know or you don't care about. Specifically, you don't know it from the word of God. You know old people like me say this stuff. You know your grandmama think that way but you don't really know what the word says about it. Because we are moved today by more of what society says than what the word says. Amen. 
We're moved by more what's popular. Beyonce has more influence to, uh, than the word for a lot of people today. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and that, that's not to pick on Beyonce. I can, I can go on. Okay? Popular figures. Oprah. Whomever. I heard this one say. I heard that one say. And we look at these people as our examples rather than what the word says. And so... The series I'm starting today, I got a few objectives. Number one, I want you to understand how God views marriage and how God views sex. I said what, look at somebody, I said, he said sex in church. Folks doing it, folks having it, we might as well talk about it. I want you to understand how God views marriage and how God views sex. Secondly, I want you to understand the purpose of marriage and sex. Thirdly, I want you to understand the benefits. Somebody said, benefits of sex? Y'all already know that. Right? <laughs> understand the benefits of marriage and um, to encourage, I thought I was doing this, but, and this is kind of one of the things that prompted this. We talked to somebody this week. They, they said to us pastors, this is somebody single that said, uh, we need y'all to encourage the singles to get married. It really baffled me. I didn't know I was discouraging you. I thought I do encourage you to get married. Do I encourage y'all to get married? Somebody said, oh, see, I didn't see you got that. Because some people say, that's all you talk about. And so it really baffled us because we're like, huh? That's where I say sometimes as a pastor, you're darned if you do and darned if you don't. Okay? If I talk too much about marriage, the single people are like, you just leave us up. Talk much about single, you know, the married folks think, well, you know, you know everybody ain't single. And as a pastor, I got to pastor all y'all. And let me say something about that. I almost want to jump down here for this one. I'm very serious about this. I want y'all to understand this. You can be a good church member and a bad Christian. A lot of you, I don't know what kind of Christian you are. I know what kind of church member you are. Now, let me clarify. How can you be a good church member? All you got to do to be a good church member is come to church Support the church financially and volunteer in some ministry. That makes you a good church member. And if you don't do those things, it makes you not a good church member. I'm just telling you the truth. A good church member comes to church. A good church member supports financially. And a real good church member helps us with the load of ministry by serving somewhere. And you can do all that and be a bad Christian. So I will appreciate you, esteem you for being a good church member. Your co-workers know if you're a good Christian. I don't go to work with you. Your husband and your wife know if you're a good Christian. I don't know. And so you can't blame me as your pastor and as their pastor for how somebody living during the week. 
I preach the word, how you live it, and whether or not you live it, that's up to you. And so some of you, what's happening, you talk about me so much that everybody think because you talk about me and always bring me up, you live and preach everything I say. We know that ain't the truth. So here's the part I've been waiting to say. If you don't represent me well, keep my name out your mouth. Keep my name out your mouth. Well, Bishop Bailey said, Bishop Bailey said, Pastor Bailey said, and then you was you cussing all the time. Did Pastor Bailey tell you don't be cussing all the time? Bishop Bailey said, Bishop Bailey, Bishop Bailey, but then you go around cheating people. Did Bishop Bailey tell you not to cheat people? And you got, got people looking me side-eye because of how you live. Keep my name out your mouth. Now, I had to understand this. A few years ago, y'all, we had this thing. I was saying, I only counsel members. I only talk to members. My son, millennial, he tried to get me to broaden. He said, Pastor, he said, Dad, there's people listening to you every night. There's people watch you every Sunday, listen to you on radio all the time. For all practical purposes, you are their pastor. They may not come to our church. And so people are asking, and so I wouldn't, no, I don't know you. Okay? So I'm saying that to say there's all kinds of people who are influenced by me. But I don't mean you live and preach everything, because all y'all don't live and preach everything I say. So how are you going to judge me? based upon everybody sitting in this congregation. You judge me by me. Do you hear me? And then if you should see me, and I ain't walking right. And if you should see me, and I ain't talking right. Please remember, God ain't through with me. When he get through with me, I'll be what he want me to be. So please be patient with me. That's what some of y'all saying. That's an old song by Albertina Walker. Be patient with me. Because God's not through with me yet. But I'm very serious about this thing, y'all. About not judging me as your pastor based upon every member. All of you at different levels. People tried to judge Jesus because the woman with the alabaster box was a prostitute. And she came and Jesus and she was, came, washed his feet, and Jesus stuck him out and let her wash him. And people said, if he knew what kind of woman this is, he wouldn't be letting her get that close to him. He let you get close to him. And he knows what kind of person you are, too. I got to pastor everybody. Everybody that God brings to me and comes to party, I got to pastor you but I don't go home with you. I'm not a sanctification police. But some of you, you're driving people away because your life is too inconsistent with what I preach. And if you're not helping me, you're hurting me. If you're not helping this church, then you're hurting this church. Now, people should be mature enough to understand that, but everybody's not. I know they're not. As a young man, I, was, I read all the Brother Hagin's books, and I didn't even go to the Bible school. I wanted to go to Raymond. I didn't go. 
I, but I knew everything. I probably knew more than most of the students because I read everything because I couldn't go to Bible school. I, read, I knew everything he preached, everything he taught, and I would see people see and say things, and I'm like, I can't believe you went to Raymond. You don't know this. I can't believe you went to Raymond and you thinking like, Brother Hagen said such and such in his books. How you apply the word, that's up to y'all. Amen. So let me get back to what I'm preaching about today. I was wondering how I was going to say that. I said what I said the way I said it. And I still love you. So I said, number one, understand God's views of marriage. Understand the purpose of marriage. Orangeburg and Florence, I had y'all hanging there with me. Number three, I said, I want you to understand the benefits of marriage. Encouraging singles to get married. Because marriage is a good thing. If you got the right one. Uh, and number four, I want to encourage those of you who are single to get married since you want to have sex. Now, because now some people I can relieve you, you can go on home now. How many of y'all single in here and never want to have sex? You, can, you may excuse yourself. <laughs> you may leave. One encourage those of you who are single to get married since you want to have sex. Watch this. And those of you who are married, I want to encourage you to have sex. All this goes together. And I'm going to show it to you from the word. So the subject today is simply love, marriage, and sex. As we enter into this month where not only do we celebrate marriage, I mean we celebrate uh, Black History Month. It's also, as we're going to have here, we're going to have a special panel on Valentine's Day night of married couples from the, from the most recent married to old married people like me and Pastor Marsha, okay? Veteran married people. And we're going to talk about some things and do some question and answer. Uh, and, and I want the singles to be here as well because we want y'all to ask, ask some questions. You better ask somebody. Look, somebody say, you better ask somebody. <laughs> Bishop Bailey used to say, it's more than a notion. So you married people, I want you to encourage you to let's, let's stay together. Loving you weather, weather, times of Y'all know that, but you didn't know. You didn't know. You don't know the blood will never lose its power. You don't know amazing grace, but you know that. Y'all, the text here from, Ecle from Ephesians 5, it defines and it compares. It defines, explains, and compares the marriage covenant of a man and a woman with the covenant between Jesus Christ and the church. Paul almost goes back and forth interchangeably between the two. He talks about Christ loved the church. So men, you ought to love your wives. He said Jesus provides for the church. 
He said, so husbands, you ought to provide and cherish and care for and nurture the church. He explains then from a text in Ephesians 5, 25 through 33, he says, just as we were joined to Jesus when we made him our Savior and got born again, we should also be joined together with our spouses and become one. Explains that just as the church is submitted to Jesus, wives should submit, respect, and reverence her own husband. I want you to understand that it does not say women ought to submit to men. Some people get this twisted. Women ought to be submit to men. And he said, wives submit to your own husbands. It doesn't even say wives to husbands. It says wives to your own husbands. And I heard someone recently say that, having to stumble across it the other day, I heard someone say this, and I'm, I'm glad I heard him say it. He said um, that you, to love, you get your heart involved. To submit reverence, you get your mind involved, your brain involved. He said, so husbands, love with your wives. I mean, love, love with your heart, and wives, respect with your mind. Okay? One's a heart thing. One's a decision you don't have to feel to submit, okay? You think to submit, and you never need to submit to what you already want to do, okay? Some of y'all, some of y'all, some of you say you're submissive, but in whatever area, you're submissive only to the degree that you're not asked to do something you don't want to do. That's not submission. It's real submission when you don't want to do it, and so. Paul also, though he, in, a, in, a, in his writings to the, these churches, to Corinth and also to Ephesians, he also took the time to address this whole issue of marriage and sex and sex and marriage, and he talks about sex outside of marriage. So look, look at Ephesians 5. It tells us how. Christ combined to the church. Church ought to be combined with Christ. Husband, love your wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. And then we come over to Ephesians 5 and verse 3 through 5. He says this. Now, let me also preface this, okay? This is not meant to be a message to condemn anybody. This is not a message meant to send anybody to hell. This is not to, meant to shame anybody. It's meant to just let us see what the word says. At the end of the day, you make your own decisions. You live your own lives. Like I said, we don't have no, I don't have no, forn no fornication police, no adultery police around here, okay? You need the Holy Ghost, and you got to make decisions about how you're going to live your life. But at this season of my life, y'all, especially because I have a, my, all my children are grown, adult children, okay? They're grown, adult children. And think about grown people. Grown people, you got to make your own choices. And so I'm, I'm at a season in my life, I can't tell my kids, spiritually or naturally, to do something just because I said so. You're grown. You don't have to do stuff anymore just because people said so. At this season in my life, I'm trying to get you to understand the benefits of it. The why behind it. I even talk to my staff, and there are things I used to tell them to do years ago, just do this. 
And I, the older I'm getting, I'm always explaining. I say, I'm always trying to explain you know, why. The reason why I ask you to do that is because. The reason why I ask you to move that is because. The reason I ask, and so I'm not trying to get you to why. And so I want to get you to understand the why behind God saying what he wants to say. Now, let, 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 let's just put this right on out here, okay? okay and uh, uh, let's put this out here. Sex is good. Hey, y'all, y'all don't know what... Y'all so uncomfortable right now, you don't know what to do, especially if you're single. I, don't, I want them to think I'm having sex. I don't know if it's good. Let's just put it out there. Sex is good. It was intended by God to be good. Okay? Nobody wants bad sex. couple of husbands and, and, and uh, the wise one who really want to get in on this one. That, that, that's who really want to jump up and run around. Stay right there, pastor. That part. That part. Okay? So God, God intended for sex to be good, but he put some, he put some boundaries around it for our good. Amen? So, so Paul says in Ephesians 5, verse 3 through 5, but fornication and all uncleanness, this New King James, fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be even named among you as is fitting for saints. Now he's talking, fornication, it's a big word, it means sexual immorality, period. We always use it to just talk about sex outside of marriage. Adultery is a kind of fornication. People do weird stuff of having sex with animals. That's a it's kind of fornication. Okay? Yeah, people do all kinds of crazy stuff. Okay, I was 16 years old. I was in the hospital, and this man in the bed next to me uh, was telling me about, I was 16 years old. I, I didn't know nothing about sex with humans. <laughs> and this man telling me about a sheep. I lie not, can't make this stuff up. It's obviously, it traumatized me, I ain't forgot. <laughs> I was 16 years old. Adultery, okay, same sex in the same gender, it's a kind of fornication. Now I'm giving you the word now, I ain't giving you legality. I'm giving you the word, okay? And then he says, and he puts out need with filthiness and foolish talking coarse jesting, inappropriate jokes. He puts all that stuff together, which is not fitting or appropriate, but rather giving a thanks. He said, for this, no, I want you to see that, that no fornicator, no unclean person, no covetous man who's an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Now, when I was coming along the church, that simply meant you are not in the kingdom of God and you're going to hell. That's how that, that scripture was taught to me coming up. Now, we got all kinds of ways that people teach this to make people feel better now. The kingdom of God means having God's best into the kingdom of God. You just want to have God's best. You can judge it any way you want to. What I'm trying to show you is that God's putting restrictions and boundaries with these things and saying that there's going to be some consequences for it. 
And I don't believe that the, most of the consequences that God is talking about trying to, is about hell. It's about here on earth. I keep telling y'all, David writes that he was burning in his loins. I ain't never burned in my loins, but I don't think I want to. The Bible tells the people of God, he says, if you, don't, if you obey and serve me, I won't put on you any diseases that are on these other nations. He said, but if you don't obey me, you have the botch and the itch. I don't know what the botch and the itch is. I don't think that's talking about going in hell doing this. I think that's something right here on earth that you go through in your own body. Are y'all with me? So we shouldn't want to be burning in our loins and we shouldn't want the botch and the itch or any of these other things that, that, that the scriptures talk about, okay? So he said, for this, know that no, uh, none of these people, fornicating, cleanest person, covetous man, who's not adulterer, has any inheritance of the kingdom of God in Christ. And, and I, let me read verse 3 to you from the New Living Translation. It says, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Now, that's where, that's where I want to park for a moment. Because we understand how the world lives. The world going to do what they're going to do. People have been doing all kinds of freaky sexual things since right after Adam and Eve. Okay? The world going to do what they're going to do. Okay? And it's crazy for, for me preachers to get up in the pulpit thinking we're going to stand here in the pulpit and change how the world acts. Sin is going to sin. That's what they call a sinner. That's what you're best at. When you're a sinner, you're best at sinning. Are y'all hearing me? But the operative word, Paul says, let it not be named among you. How, how does he say it in the King James? He says, uh, let it not be named among you as is fit, as appropriate for saints. Saints mean the called out one. He said, those of us who long belong to God, catch this, y'all. We're supposed, our lifestyle's supposed to be different, married or single, than how the world lives. For those of us who are the saints, the called out ones, the born again ones, sanctified ones, the ones who have given our life to Jesus, our lives are supposed to be different than those who have not received Jesus. And they're not supposed to just be a little bit different. It's supposed to be radically different. And if the only thing that changes is that you come to, for those of us, most of us in here, we come to church on Sunday, some of us come on Wednesday, some of us would even dare to come out to a special prayer session on a Saturday afternoon, but if the only thing we do is come to church, our lives haven't changed, our schedule has changed. And Jesus didn't come to change our schedule, he came to change our lives. Now, the truth of the matter, I was hoping that Pastor Marsha was going to preserve, or even Pastor, well, I, I, I was hoping one of them was going to make y'all shout before I got up, because I knew it wouldn't be no shouting. So, or Sean or somebody, everybody went into deep worship today. I said, where's the shouting today? <laughs> when I need them to have the folks shout, they got you on your face. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, there ain't going to be no shouting today. And this ain't the message to be walking out on either. You, you're going to have to be looking at you a little bit closer. He said, don't let it be named among you as saints. I, I, that's the part I want you all to get. He ain't talking about the whole world. There's a scripture where Paul says, he said, let me tell you something. He said, somebody that's supposed to be a brother in Christ, 
and he's a drunkard, and he's involved in all these types of things, and a fornicator. He said, don't, don't have a whole lot to do with it. He said, don't be eating with him all the time. He said, don't be hanging out with this person who's supposed to be a Christian, living like they're not. And he said, now, I'm telling you, you got to separate yourself. And then he clarified, he said, but I ain't talking about separating yourself from all the sinners in the world. He said, because if you're going to do that, you got to be raptured out the world. you got to be taken out the world. He said, but I'm talking about somebody who claims he's a brother, that he saved, sanctified, and filled the Holy Spirit. He said, if he's living in a way that you know is diabolically opposed to the word, Paul said, you need to withdraw yourself from those kind of people. Now, we don't do that. Because we say, we always say this stuff about we're not going to judge. I don't want to judge. And we, we got that all wrong. The Bible tells us stuff like don't judge anything before it's time. It tells us like don't judge without evidence. But it also tells us the, a tree is known by its fruit. If I see an apple tree, if I see apples hanging from the tree, I'm going to judge that to be an apple tree. That's how stippling script. If I see oranges hanging from the tree, I'm not going to say, well, I don't know. I ain't going to judge you. It might be an apple tree. No, if it's producing oranges, it's an orange tree. And there's some things, when we say judge it, it means judge it. It don't, it don't mean condemning the person. He said being able to say, draw a line, say, no, that's wrong. Amen. And the church today, we don't want to tell anybody, I ain't talking about the world, I'm talking about even preachers in the pulpit, we don't want to tell folks that stuff is wrong. There are still things that are right and things that are wrong. Whether you do it, whether you enjoy it, God's standard is God's standard. How did I in my prayer before I started this message? I said, Lord, help us to bring our lives up to the level of your word and not bring your word down to the level of our lives. The word don't change because you like freaky sex. The word don't change because you married and you got a side check who, 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 but you come home every night. The word don't change because, because you still come home. The word is still a word. You'll never change until you have something that's absolute. And the scripture says, let every man be a liar, but let God's word be true. If you love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it, we encourage you to become an iChurch member. As an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content as well as an online community and various small group sessions. To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch. Connect with us for digital impartation weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for marriage, faith, and family inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash rdcitv. We stream live services on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for Manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time.